Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talks with Cheese. I'm your host, Cheese, and my guest here with me is Rebecca Parker. Rebecca, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you so much for taking the time for doing this. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to. So, Rebecca here, she was an outstanding basketball player. She played varsity high school basketball at Valley, and then she played college ball, and then she even played overseas. And then um, I know Rebecca for a a while i've known of her for a while now because she's like you know family with my longtime friends um cam parker and gavin buzzard that's their aunt um shout out to them and then yeah rebecca not only used to play uh all three levels of the game of basketball but she used to coach as well but nowadays she has a family of her own and then like i said uh thanks for coming on and rebecca i can't wait to learn more about you yeah, I'm excited. This is a unique opportunity that I don't uh, get to do very often. You know, when I was playing, uh, I got to do more interview-like stuff. So now uh, being at home with my three girls, I get asked a lot of questions, but nothing that's uh, about me. Exactly. And then this is why I like doing this because, like, you know, the first time I actually had a legit conversation, you know, with you was just a couple weeks ago when I saw you at the downtown bar, you know, you and your your significant other to see to see mm-hmm. see i always i'm bad with names especially uh like we said off air you know her name is hard to remember it is hard to remember but anyways when you and Tasia had walked in with a bunch of friends and what was that for we were just having a it was right before mother's day so just a group of us were having a mother's day outing right so you know and then uh, me and the boys were at the bar and then we happened to see rebecca and then you know her friends and then uh, we were you know kind of giving kim you know some crap because um he was on the, he was rolling the budget and then Aunt Rebecca came in clutch. How how cool was that? How funny was that? Oh, you know we like to take care of him and uh, he he's actually helping us out now too. He's babysitting for us a couple times a week in the morning. So um, our our girls they really like Cam, which we call him John. So they really like John so, a lot. So like an inside joke type of thing, huh? For sure. <laughs> so I mean, hey, I mean, if I were in his shoes, I would do everything to you know pay you back for those drinks. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't think we expect that from Cam. I think he's he's good enough. Uh, we. We just know that uh, we love him, and if we can help him out anyway and have a good time, that's what we're all about. Yeah, he's a fun dude. He's the life of the party. And, uh, you know, and once again, congrats to him because he just graduated college, and he's becoming a teacher. So he's like a becoming a man of his own. Sure, yeah. he's That's big time, you know, to, to graduate. We're going to his graduation uh, party Friday night, and, um, yeah, just an exciting time of life for him, you know, like – going from one step to another and um, getting a full-time job and teaching and uh, he's going to learn a lot and hopefully have some fun with the kids along the way. Exactly and it is a big learning curve when you go from you know graduating college into like the actual actual real world it's a long learning curves huh? Yeah it is and he'll he'll figure it out pretty quickly I think. Mm -hmm. And then like and we're there for him if he needs anything. Yeah, everyone is. Everyone likes Cam a lot, and uh, anything we can do to help him, uh, we're here to do that. Heck yeah. So um, let's talk a little more about you, Rebecca. So I want to go back to the early days. So Rebecca, like, I want to know, how was your childhood like? Growing up with, what, seven, eight siblings, please correct me if I'm wrong, but how was it just growing, growing up with a big family? It was amazing, first of all. Yes, I have eight other siblings. Okay, I'm, so I was kind of right. One, I'm one of nine, yep. Five girls, four boys, and... Um, I wouldn't change it for anything. I, I don't know any different. And so the thought of being an only child or one of few would be, uh, completely different to what I know. And I just remember a lot of, um, you know, playing basketball or football or whatever outside with my siblings. And that's kind of just how we grew up. Just because like, you know, back in, in your day, there was no Snapchat or TikTok to really use an excuse to like grind on the court or on the field. Yeah, there was none of that. I mean, it was you entertain yourself, um, and most of the time it was with sports in our family, and so we were outside a lot doing that and uh, um, just trying to stay busy. But I think maybe when I was, I want to say, like eighth grade, we maybe got like the internet, like the (laughs) something like that, um, or a computer that, you know, we could – we could do some messaging back and forth or whatever, but yeah. So it for the most part it was nothing, and then we then we eventually got got on board a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then like, where did you? What was your family house at? 
We're outside of Silver Lake. Out, we live on a farm. My mom mm-hmm. lives on a farm. Yeah. So, and how was go, like how was like you know, Tippecanoe Valley back in the early two thousands for you? Because you did graduate in two thousand four, right? Yes, I graduated okay. in two thousand four. Um, it was great. I wouldn't change the experience for anything. Uh, again, you don't know what you don't know, and I didn't know anything different, and so that was um, fun for me. And I never wanted it to end. Uh, my mom will always say that about me. I never wanted. Uh, anything to go faster than what it should have and and high school is very much like that for me I just uh I enjoyed it and I know a lot of people are like oh I want you know I'm ready to graduate I'm ready to whatever and I I was never like that I I really really enjoyed uh Valley and I enjoyed just those years of getting to play different sports being with friends all the time and and uh just that camaraderie and community that that surrounds Valley Mm -hmm. especially with the type of community we have yeah and then um, what sports did you exactly play? Obviously, you played basketball, but was what other sports did you play at Valley? So in middle school, I played football um, up until I played my seventh and eighth grade year, and I played, played peewee, you know, when I was younger than that, um, and then basketball, and I ran track. I did play some softball in the summers before, like, um, high school, but nothing official. So before we talk about basketball, was there any big accomplishments you did in track or was there like a favorite event that you really enjoyed like doing, I guess? Yeah, my, the three main events that I ran or participated in were high jump hurdles um, and shot put. And I would say that my strongest was probably high jump. I think I made it to regionals in both hurdles and high jump. Um, but yeah, I mean, I that was as far as I got. I wasn't an elite, you know, high school track athlete by any means, but, um, that was fun. And I love track because it was a perfect balance of, uh, basketball as a team sport. And then going into like an individual based, I mean, you still win as a team and track and stuff, but you're, you know, you're doing stuff individually for the most part. And so that was a good balance for me. Yeah. It was a change of scenery or change of perspective, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I always say, you know, when you go to a track meet or something, it's, or even cross country, everyone for the most part has tried to run or you know has attempted to run until they're tired and i think that everyone you have empathy for those people that are doing that and so um everyone kind of pulls for each other just because it's like oh i've been there and it sucks and so you, you try really hard to get um the best out of everybody and you know encourage them and i wish that was the same way with team sports but unfortunately it's not there's a lot more blame in the game. as Exactly, accountability, huh? Yeah, for sure. So um, I love what you had to say about track. And then speaking about track, you know, your other nephew, uh, Nathan Parker, he's, it just seems like he's had, uh, you know, a good season so far. Oh, Nate's a beast. You know, he's obviously known in the, the football realm, but uh, uh, definitely holding his own on out there on the track. I think they have regionals tomorrow, actually, uh, here in Warsaw. And so he's fast. And just the other – couple weekends ago for Mother's Day we were playing uh out at my mom's house and he is strong you know I believe it he is strong uh and I didn't know it until we played in those games and I mean I knew he was strong don't get me wrong but I didn't know how strong until we played those games and I was I was very sore after playing (laughs) for like a whole week I was sore and a lot of that was attributed to trying to you know Gardenade, or at least mm-hmm. try to foul him. I mean, there's a reason why he led, you know, the state in like, oh, yeah. was he like top 10, top 15 in rushing touchdowns? Right. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And he's only a junior, you know, bigger things to come for a senior year. I mean, am I right, Rebecca? Oh, yeah. he's He's got a ton of potential, and I think he's just, he's hard to tackle. And so you see that out there when yeah. you're watching him play, and it's fun to watch. And it's going to be a challenge for him, but not only for him, but the rest of the football team with like these, this, this new uh, conference we're in now. Yeah, I don't know a ton about you know the the details um just not being there you know and hearing everything but yeah not having a conference um definitely different and you don't get those conference accolades but you know hopefully for Nate and you know some of the the outstanding athletes um that are are, uh, hopefully the recognition deficit doesn't hurt them um you know the all conference notorieties and those kind of things I, hopefully that doesn't um hurt them in any way i th- i think they'll be fine i think their performance will, in the state will stand alone stand by itself just fine but it'll be interesting yeah. to see but the competition is for sure going to be high 
Oh yeah, sure. the, the teams that hopefully all the sports pick up and stuff um, in place of some of the TRC opponents. Um, hopefully that's beneficial to right, right to postseason play for everybody. Yeah, as a Valley alumni, in my perspective, it's just gonna be kind of weird to see for the first couple of years with these news teams, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, yeah, it will be different. Um, you have you develop rivalries and all of those kind of things that um you're in a conference with and you see them every year and a lot of you know the kids they grow up playing against these kids and so so to see them at uh different schools and it'll just be different um not a bad thing just different to see and you know come five years or something we won't won't, none of us will think any different of it and it'll be what it is we're gonna be uh everyone's gonna be so used to it by now right it's just like new it's just weird at first sure but anyways um back to your early days right so like tell me all about like um how was your high school career at valley basketball Uh, yeah basketball yeah yeah um it was great so i played um i played varsity all four years um even as a freshman yeah wow and that was fun. I had my sister, Rachel, was a senior when I was a freshman, and so we got to play together, which was fun. Um, and that was a fun experience to have. Um, but, yeah, we, I, you know, we won sectional three, three years, three of my four years, and uh, it, was, it was Valley's first sectional that we won. Like ever? Uh-huh. Um, my sophomore year. And so that was a big accomplishment, and I didn't know that that was a big accomplishment until, like, you know, like now like looking back and like especially seeing it from a coach's perspective and you know how much it takes especially at the high school level to get the right kids and to you know for them to buy into what you're trying to teach them and to have that success in the postseason and stuff um, it was a big accomplishment and I'm proud to say that you know I was a part of that and we had a it's it's why I talked about I didn't want I didn't want anything to end ever because I had such a great group of friends and teammates and um, they were just fun and we got along really well and we played really well together. And so that was nice to compete with people that wanted to play. Um, So I was blessed and lucky to have that group with me um, for four years. It just seemed like you couldn't ask for that time any better. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, obviously, like, I would have wanted to go to state. Right. Other right? than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, I, um, but that didn't happen, which is, you know, that's something that fuels me as a competitor, you know, as I do different stuff or whatever, but that's in the past, obviously. Right. So. But you can still carry it on with other activities. Yeah, sure. So, um, anyways, so, like, yeah, what was your position in high school? What did you play? Like, what, yeah. Um. Well, I kind of played – the one through the five. At one point, I I know that I was announced as the our center because I was one of the taller ones. Um, I was announced as our center, but I was mostly a guard. But I did learn, which was beneficial to me, like later on in my playing career. Um, you know, a lot of posting up, you know, how how to do that and just positioning and stuff. And so even college and even my professional career, I was a guard that posted up. And that was that was fun for me because I was used to that. I was comfortable down there. And a lot of the guards that I was that were guarding me weren't used to playing in that position. And so I was able to have a little bit of an advantage sometimes there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what was the best part of playing the game at the high school level? Winning. <laughs> I mean, winning but no I know what you're asking yeah. I um the best part for sure were the people that I played with um the relationships that you build along the way um but I am geez I am I'm competitive and I always want to win and it's to a fault I already know that but uh yeah just the just the competition in itself whether it was practice or a game or you know whatever I just I I thoroughly love the game mm-hmm. you were like just dialed in right oh, yeah, whether it was time. during like the off season or on season you were just yep. yeah i couldn't get enough of it yeah um this is like a side story so like you know the first time i heard of you right um is my senior year actually like it was like around this time of year honestly you know last week of high school if not week before high school ended um i remember out, me and wes watched um lj play a basketball game at mentone it was like some like you know in a mural league and you were you remember that team you were in that team with jared yeah. and who else kyle ritchie uh steven tillman i believe oh yeah both tillman brothers yeah i'm just you know it was like yeah. you know six years ago seven years yeah. ago and then 
you were like, you know, the the only you know girl on the team, and you were just balling. I was like, man, she's good. See, that's what I. I mean, that's what I like. I just like competition. It doesn't matter like what you know, um, whether I'm playing against guys or girls or whatever. It's just fun to play the game and to you know try to be better than someone else. And those games are fun. They get you know super competitive. You got you got people that are past their prime in some respects. Um, that are really trying to to still have it. And so that's kind of funny. It's fun to, to be a part of that too. Um, that kind of next phase of basketball when you're done playing like on a elite <laughs> level or, you know, a competitive level than to go out there and do that. That was, that was fun. And we actually, I think we won twice. I think we were back-to-back champions in that league. Yeah. So that was – that was good. And that particular game, too, I remember there was, like, only one ref, and it was just so funny, one, like, ref just in the game. Oh, yeah, it's usually <laughs> terrible, and yeah. everyone's yelling at them. And it was kind of, like, yeah, unorganized at the time, yeah. A lot of trash talking normally oh, that yeah. happens that takes place. Me and Wes were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember there was one game we were at Mentone playing, and we, we weren't supposed to really beat these guys, I don't think, and they we started to kind of pull away. Somebody was on the bench on the other team, and they said, oh, they were try- they were just calling for a foul, you know, like, oh, that was a foul, they got yeah. hit, they got hit, da-da-da, on this shot. And then the next time down, he- we were clearly going to win. And the same kid pulled up from kind of the same area and airballed it. And, of course, you know, like, this is, this is how I am. I-, I look over at the guy that was talking, and I'm like, did that one get tipped? You know, like clearly no one was around him. He just airballed it. And then that's when, you know, tempers flare and everyone all gets right. all pissed and stuff is because, you know, you run your mouth about something like that. But anyway, that's what makes it fun. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I want to know, so after high school, oh my, first of all, what's your all-time favorite basketball memory of Valley before we move on to college? Uh, I would say the sectional wins that we had um, – winning the game and then afterwards I we love the bus rides and like going <laughs> yeah. through Mentone and Akron and having you know the escort the police escort and people coming out and you know horns honking and you know lights flashing and just people everywhere um supporting what you did and uh that was yeah those are times that I won't forget right so like so this year's uh this past school year's uh basketball team the Valley Lady Vikings right they went all the way to semi-state and then when you know like you said when they're like winning on advancing to the tournament further and further right they're you know going through the bus you know they were taking the bus rides through Akron and Mentone seeing that does that kind of remind you man I want to go back I want to go back yeah for sure I mean I it's not necessarily I want to go back it's you know I'm just excited for them Uh, I I know the feeling and uh, that excitement of those are memories that they're going to, you know, take with them forever, just like we did when we did it. So um, they had a great year this year and really proud of what they were able to do. And hopefully, you know, that continues for right. for the girls' basketball and really all the sports of Valley. I mean, you want to see everybody successful. Exactly. It's always uh, nice, you know, to rep the – always cheer for the green and gold. That's right. So um, – and then who was the coach during your high school years? Gary Teal. Gary Teal. Mm-hmm. How was he – he was a good coach. I mean, everyone liked him. Um, it's funny because I share this story sometimes with people that I I coach or that I train or whatever. Um, it's it's interesting, you know. He he was at Valley and then he went to Argus and he he went to State with his Argus team. And so you know, everybody thought my class that we should get to State. And it was funny because as I went back and I watched. They were run, Argus, his Argus team was running the exact same stuff that we were running. You know, like it's not like he changed what he was coaching or how he was coaching and what he was doing X's and O's. I think he called them the same plays. I mean, everything. So you look and he was able to take that team to state, but not us. And, you know, those are the, those are the times that as you get older and you think about that and it's like, especially as a, you know, once you, like once I started coaching and training kids and trying to get them to like, understand the buy-in part and what it takes then um you know those are those are the times when it's like oh okay so it it definitely wasn't hit what he was doing it was that we weren't we weren't totally like bought in and given our all to to what he was teaching kind of thing and uh 
Yeah. So yeah, Gary Teal. Well, sorry, that was a long answer, but yeah, yes, Gary Teal was the coach. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, Rebecca, like, how was the, like the recruiting process when you were trying to look, you know, look for a place to a place to play college ball? And were you already thinking, you know, college basketball is on my mind during your high school years? Oh yeah, I wanted to play for sure at the next level. Um, it, for me, it was it wasn't easy because it's a hard decision to make, but. Um, I know there are a lot of, you know, players that go to different levels that have a harder time recruiting. So um, for me, as a Division One player, like Division One coaches come kind of come to you, and that was nice. So I didn't have to, I know, you know, I try to tell people all the time, you got to be active in re- your recruiting. You know, you need to be sending stuff to people. You need to be creating your highlight stuff. Like there's no, like, shame in the game. Like get yourself out there if you want to do it. Like networked. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't know that when I played, but so I was fortunate. I was blessed. I was lucky that um, I was good enough and on a stage that people like Valparaiso, I think, was the first coach that kind of noticed me. And then from there, I was able to, you know, get some uh, Division One offers to go play. And ultimately, I chose the University of Evansville solely because, I, you know, it felt like home to me, which was like the biggest thing, even though it was, you know, five hours away. It was still. But you had to make sacrifices. Yeah, for sure. And then were you like on some type of scholarship or was it like a full ride? It was a full ride. Let's go. So, yeah. Yeah, that was that was big time for me because I wasn't in a position where I, you know, um, felt like, you know, I wanted to take out loans or do do that route. So I uh, I was definitely blessed that it was a full ride and I actually came out of school like with money in my bank account where it wasn't when I One went One of the in, best feelings of ever, huh? Yeah. So, and then more, uh, less stress to deal with, right? A lot of less stress right. when you know, like someone is going to provide meals for you, provide housing for you. You know, you, when you walk into the bookstore and like you show them your, whatever, your card, your student ID card and like books are free. Like those are like the things that you're you know, like, hell yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you don't want to take them for granted, but you also work to get them too. Mm-hmm. So. But it's just like thankful at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Rebecca, uh, University of Evansville, right? Yeah. What did you major in? I major. I was a physical education major, and I had a coaching endorsement, kind of like a minor. Yeah, I was going to ask. I never really heard that before. Yeah. So, PE and health, and yeah. But once again, I like doing these because I just learn, learn. It's awesome. Yeah. But anyways, um, just how was it the start of your college years? Like, were you like a starter already, or were you like in the JV? Yeah, just tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, normally Division One level, I, I don't think any of them have JV. So um, that wasn't even an option. We just had, I think you can hold a 15-player roster. It might be different now, um, full scholarship roster. And so that's how many we normally typically had was 15 players on our team. Um, and, yeah, I think – I don't. I would have to go back and look and see if I started my very first game, but I know you know I eventually started as a freshman and started throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just uh, tell me, like, how was it from the transition from high school to college, like, to your perspective on it, on the game? It was hard, uh, hard, but a challenge that I was excited about, and uh, I think the biggest difference was the strength and physicality of the game and the the speed of the game. And so once I was able to get up to speed um, with my physicality, like my body, my strength, and then like kind of made the game slow down a little bit, then I was able to excel a little bit at that level. Before that, it was just kind of like everything was going 100 miles an hour. And, you know, it was just I was playing kind of reaction basketball instead of, you know, trying to be proactive in what I was able to do um, with my skill set. Like, did you learn that the hard way, or was it kind of like your college coach kind of guiding you through that? Like, just taking things one at a time, I guess? Yeah, a little bit of both. That's a good question. A little bit of both, because, you know, you first get down there, and I think they want to kind of, like, throw you into the fire. So, you know, so that you kind of get out out that feeling of, I'm not the best player anymore, Or, like, basically. Ego, yeah. Yeah. And so they kind of throw you into it with conditioning and just some of the workouts and how intense they are. But then um, – you know, once that's kind of then you know you have weekly meetings with your coaches and all that kind of stuff, and they're there ultimately 
to you know be successful i mean it's their livelihood just as much as it's what you're going through every day and so they want you know the best and so it was it was a little bit of both of you know learning trial and error and also a lot of guidance from your coaches Mm -hmm. and then i always wanted to know this um is there do you like mentally do you feel more pressured playing college games compared to high school games or was it kind of like the same kind of the same yeah for me kind of the same i think it might be different for you know each individual but for me it was pretty much the same i mean you have that extra anticipation for rivalry games or tournament games or you know that kind of stuff Um, a little bit more nerves in those situations but yeah i was always i was always pretty amped up for any like actual game where you know we had refs and stuff and you didn't get to beat up on each other in practice like it was it was nice to have a different opponent did you ever compete in like the March Madness tournament, like junior years? No, we never made it to the to the NCAA tournament. We made it to the WNIT tournament um, a few years uh, and made it a couple rounds. My lat, my senior year, we made it to I think the second or the third round, and we went and played Kansas, and that's that was my final game was at Kansas. So that was kind of cool to play there mm-hmm. for your last game. Yeah, at the collegiate level. Right. So. Um, what were some accomplishments that you made during your college years, Rebecca? Um, good question. Uh, that you can at least think at the top of your head. <laughs> yeah, I know. Th- I know that you know there were some things like player of the year stuff, um, and uh, I know that some of the, my accomplishments were you know within the Missouri Valley Conference, um, and I think the biggest one that stands out to me is I got defensive player of the year in the conference, which was an absolute shock to me because I don't know. I mean, I know you saw me play like in the rec league over there at (laughs) Mentone, but if you would have seen me play like in my prime, I was not, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand you up and like just guard like, that's not me. I'm a team defender. Like I'll be in help side. And if like a ball squeaks through or something like that might be how I get my steals or whatever, but I'm not going to pick your pocket. I mean, I'm not quick enough for that. And so, um, that was, it was shocking to me, but I think it was like a big accomplishment for me because I always thought of myself as a defensive liability. And so to be able to to win that that one year, uh, that was probably like for me my biggest accomplishment because I have a thought like never in a million years would that happen. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, it just gets to show that, you know, defense is just as as important as offense in the game of basketball. And it just seems from my perspective when I'm watching, you know, NBA college, you know, as a year ago, I, less people uh, try on defense. Yeah, no one trains defensively. I mean, besides like when you're pra- like in full out practice. Right. Um, as I train kids, like in the summer times or you know individually, no one wants to work on defense. You know, and that's just not anything that is really. You don't break down defense until you know it comes down to like your defensive philosophies and what you're going to teach like as a team, and so um, yeah, it's it's hard to to get kids excited about it, you know, every once in a while. And I wasn't a kid that was excited about it. Geez, that's what I'm saying is I, I tried to be good, but I wasn't, I wasn't quick laterally. And then, and, you know, I wasn't an on the ball defender. I was definitely like, I had to be in the right spots at the right time. And that goes back. Yeah. And that goes back to like making the game slow down for me. Once I was able to do that, then I could see things like coming ahead of time. That's awesome. And I want to mention this. So, um, is there any like college game film of you? I kind of want to watch it. Okay, I I think I have every game that I played in on DVD. All right, I gotta check one of those <laughs> games out just, just to see you on your prime. Just like you said, uh, you know, I watched you maybe pass your prime at the rec league, but it kind of makes me want to watch you on the, your prime. Yeah, you're welcome to any of the DVDs, anyone that you want. Heck yeah. Yep. So uh, Rebecca, um, what's your like? You know, what was like? You know, some favorite memories in college basketball? Um. Again, you know, I I loved game days. I loved everything about um, just, like, the atmosphere of the game. 
but when it when it comes back like down to it you know it was all always about like my teammates and just the experiences that we had together and the fun times we had I mean it's the same as you know anybody that doesn't play a sport and goes to college and the fun times that they have you know it's it's a time that you'll never forget and you really don't really have many worries and you can just go go hang out and have fun and play basketball and go to class and yeah it was a great time and I again just like high school I didn't want that to end either you know I was I was happy. Took your time and not rest your time away, pretty much. Um, And are you still close to any of your uh, college basketball teammates? Yeah, I mean, through Facebook and stuff, we we talk and uh, message each other back and forth. And, you know, just if a memory pops up or something like that, you know, we'll joke about it. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of them, and it's hard to pick just one, but uh, just that – just that friendship that you develop and you know you go through so many experiences tough experiences with your teammates that you don't you just you don't lose that that connection the the bond yeah um and hey thank god for like social media right that's right that's awesome and then uh so i want to talk about you know your time overseas and then this will really like uh common interest and then i this is something i was really want to talk about you on this podcast um so like tell me like how did you get the opportunity to play uh, professionally overseas? Okay, so that was my goal. Like, as my as a senior year rolled around um, at Evansville, you know, I was very open about it with my uh, college coach, uh, Trisha Cullup, and she's at the University of Toledo now. And um, she had an agent that represented her, and so she was able to talk to them and kind of – kind of figure out a game plan and it's it's basically the same thing as getting recruited to go play college is you get you put your stuff out there to different agents and stuff that that then go to different club teams over in Europe and say hey I got this guard you need a guard you know they know they know what team needs what and the specifics of it all and so I was fortunate enough to um signed with a team in Finland and yeah I I went there and not knowing anybody not knowing the language and quite the quite the experience that I will not forget either but a fun one Mm -hmm. Finland uh, I'm trying I'm having a brain fire like where is it by you know neighboring countries yeah so you have like um Finland and um I know we can Nor- use- Norway. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, up there. Okay. It's north. It's it's right. higher. Okay, and, I know. And- I have a good idea. Um, I was gonna say we can easily look in their phone, but who cares? Yeah. We re- I, I got you brainstorming though. Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking like I know I can <laughs> see everything. I've been to those different yeah. countries, right? But yeah, I know we would take like ships over to this little country called Estonia, and you know that's not too far away from right. some bigger countries over there. So um, before we go in depth about the playing overseas right was there any thought of you playing in the WNBA uh I wasn't that good and I knew that I mean I I was pretty uh obvious when you play against like uh like even the the girls at Kansas or you know some of the other teams that we had on our schedule um like the Louisville's or you know whatever they they were just at a different level even though you like in my mind I think I can play with them there when you play against them it's just different and um yeah I just knew that that wasn't probably in the cards for me Mm -hmm. so when you finally got to Finland right what team was it exactly called it was called Puhu Puhu okay P-U-H-U okay um and it was the top league in Finland and you could only have three Americans or three foreign players on a team. Wow. Which, okay, so this is stuff I didn't know going into it, right? So you can have only so many foreign players. Um, My team, I was the only one. So that should have told me something, but it didn't. I didn't know this at the time. So I was the only one. Well, halfway through my first year over there, the team went bankrupt, which happens all the time. I mean, all the time with these club teams. Um you know, they, they go down, they come back, they go, whatever. So it goes bankrupt. And I'm thinking, all right, now, you know, what's my next move? I'm in the middle of the season. I don't know. I don't know anything, you know, where I'm at, basically what I'm doing. Just everything's foreign. (laughs) Everything's foreign, literally. And so I call my agent. He says, okay, there's another team. Same, same. It was called PECA, P-E-K-A. They'll, they need they need somebody. They're going to send one of their players home, so they need somebody. Okay. 
So I figured out they actually held three three um, foreign players, which was a bigger deal. And so they financially were able to be better. So I go there. First practice, I'll never forget it. I tell the story all the time. First practice, I'm there, and I'm playing, and there's four Americans. And I'm like, okay, and I know the one – because we play, they're in the same league. And I know the one girl, and I'm like, that's the one that they're supposed to send home. Yeah. Well, she's practicing, and they tell me, like, oh, yeah, she's just, you know, keeping in shape, whatever. Huh. Turns out it was just a tryout. Like, they sent me over there to just try out to see if I was actually better than this girl right. to keep on their, on their roster. And luckily I, I won out on that, and so I was able to stay and play with them. And, and we were – I think we ended, like, second in the league or whatever. So we had a decent year um, going forward. But it's very cutthroat. You know, people ask about it, and it's very cutthroat, and it's not as fancy as Division One basketball or college basketball or even just – basketball in the states you know it's just different um and so it was fun it was just eye-opening and what do you mean different can you explain more about that well I mean a lot of stuff had to do like for me I I had three like knee scopes and stuff and so a lot of stuff had to do with like medically um you know when you're in the states you have we had a team physician that traveled with us we had an athletic trainer None of that was happening over there. We had one for the club, but they didn't, like, travel with us or anything. There wasn't, like, training rooms in some of the facilities that we played in. And, you know, there was a number of times when after games on the road, you know, I'm like, I I have to ice my knee after every game. Like, there's no options. It'll swell up, you know, and be crazy. You're basically your own AT on the road or just whatever. Yeah. yeah. And like so it. I'm like, where's the ice? You know, the first road trip, I'm like, where's the ice? And they're like, oh, just go get some snow in a trash bag. You know, those are the kinds of things that, like, they don't tell you. You know, you think you're going to go play professional basketball, right? Like the name of it, the sound of it. The sound of it (laughs) and stuff. And it's just not as, like, luxury as it it sounded um, in some aspects. Other, you know, like, they took care of us as far as meals and the restaurants we ate at and that kind of stuff. But... I would say, especially on the medical side of it, it was a little um, a step down. Was it challenging to communicate with your teammates, or can you explain more about that? Yeah, it was really challenging. I mean, um, the majority of them spoke English as well. The first team that I was on in Finland, the coach did not speak any English, and so I was constantly having to like have a translator, which was one of my teammates trying to translate. You know, on the fly was hard. You think basketball is basketball, but it's different, and it's hard when you're not like hearing like what he, you hear yelling, but you don't know what. Right. You know, and so <laughs> it was just kind of uh, kind of tricky. Um, but I think it was for the most part manageable. I you get the you get the idea of what was going on. It was just when they were, they were trying to break down like specific stuff on reads defensively or offensive sets or you know whatever that you kind of needed the same language for. But thankfully, thankfully my teammates spoke English right. enough to get but me through. Still, I bet it was so challenging, you know. Yeah. Cuz at, at the end of the day you want that one-on-one conversation with your coach like in fluent whatever language, you know your best at right yes and so you you feel like you get like a quarter of it Mm -hmm. you know like after a conversation you're like okay I feel like he maybe heard what I was like (laughs) trying to say and I heard what he was trying to say but you know you're not entirely for sure if the message was satisfying conversation (laughs) exactly it was good or bad um so did any of your family members or your loved ones ever come to like visit you No, not when I was over there. Um, I think my mom and dad at the time were going to try to, but like scheduling wise, it was hard. My younger brother, Jared, was still playing and stuff. And so, um, yeah, it was hard and it's a long flight. And, you know, it wasn't like there were a ton of hotels or um, in the areas that I was at. I don't know. It just wasn't as easy as it would have been for them to like, oh yeah, we're going to go play at Kansas and here's this and here's that, you know, like we have a lot of, a lot of things that we kind of take for granted here in the, in the States for sure. It seemed like you gained a different, whole new perspective when you came back to the United States. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you appreciate things a lot more and, uh, I'm not saying it was bad. I mean, it was livable. It was, you know, I had a good time. I got paid to do it. And so that was all good, but it was just total different experience and in general like just off the court right just living there how was it adjusting to the respective culture was it challenging and then did you ever get mentally 
mentally low because you were kind of alone? Yes, for sure. Um, it w- I got way into um, the workout part of it. So, you know, we would have practice, let's say, in the afternoon. You know, I would go in in the morning and I would shoot and I would lift and then I would actually like sometimes even come back even before practice. So I was just, I just kept myself busy that way um, instead of just sitting in my room. I know a lot of people like were into like, you know, playing video games or like staying up all night, like, you know, Skyping with whoever their you know, loved ones or friends or whatever. And I tried to stay like as in shape and on top of my game as possible. So I kind of like dove into that a lot more. Um, you know, I picked up like yoga, which, you know, I was not flexible at all. And then I became real flexible because I had the time to do those kind of things. I try to, I try to um, pick up uh, guitar and how to play guitar. So just those kind of things. Um, I wouldn't say like I got mentally low uh, because I loved playing. But it was hard. I mean, the first team that I was on in Finland, there was a, a male player on the same club team. He wasn't American. I can't remember where he was from. Uh, but he and I got close. And so, like, we, we would go, like, grocery shopping together or, you know, just kind of go and do different workouts and stuff together. Because the first team I was on, being the only foreign player, the rest of my teammates were from Finland. And they were either, like, in school or had other jobs. And so, like, there was no, like, oh, hey, you want to go hang out during right. the day? Like, they were very busy. So, yeah, that's crazy. yeah, I was able to connect with some of the men's side um, and kind of hang out with them that were in the same situation as I was, like, yeah. just there to play. Yeah. And then how old were you during your playing years? And how long did you even play overseas for? I played for two two seasons. So I played for the two teams in Finland my first year, and then I played in Germany my second year. Wow. How yeah. was that? That was good. Um, totally different. I mean, you would think it wouldn't be that much different, but it was totally different. We had three, you could have three Americans and two foreign players. So like five of the, you know, five of probably 12 players were not from the country that you played for um, or that we're playing in. And so, yeah, that was, that was different because we had at one practice, I mean, we had a Russian, um, somebody from, I think, two Russian girls, someone from, oh, I can't remember now, Latvia maybe, mm-hmm. and then me and one other. I can't remember the other. So we had like diff- way a lot of different languages spoke then. And <clears throat> I remember one of our Russian girls did not speak German or English. And so she was really, really, really confused. And practices were really hard for her. You ask about that language barrier. And I remember right. that very well because there were so many different languages being spoken. And was it like, it seemed like you kind of felt bad for her at times, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, I knew that feeling, especially coming from my first year over there in Finland and being that person and then being in the same situation and kind of seeing her struggle. Like you try to, you know, communicate the best you can. can And then like I asked, how old were you during this time? Oh, let's see. So I would have been like 18. Like 23, 24, mm-hmm. 25-ish. All right, so mid-20s, early yeah. 20s. So um, speaking about overseas, like what was like, you know, your big, was there any accomplishments you made in overseas? Uh, you know, they give like player of the game kind of things, and I think I, ha- I, I got that a few times. Um, they give you like little gifts at the end of games. Um, and so I was able to win that. Um, even when I was in Germany, I think we ended up in the top – three in the league um but we didn't win it all and they don't do like the accolades like we do like you know it's just different huh? yeah it's just different and then just at a competitive level how is it different between college and high school overseas because we explain um, kind of like you know yeah off the court stuff the language barrier but like what about the game itself the game itself yeah. was and, and i didn't think that this was going to be the case but it was way more physical And I always thought like, oh, you know, basketball in Europe, you know, they're doing the Euro step. They're doing all these kind of things that look like travels and like stuff that avoids contact. And so I thought it it would be not as physical. It it was, that was a shocker to me. You underestimated it. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, like, you know, since I'm a big basketball fan, right, and I watch YouTube videos of like, you know, players that came overseas that 
that are in the league, they always say, or vice versa, for those that couldn't make the league but had to play overseas, they all say the same. It's a more of a physical game overseas than here in the States. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I guess I probably should have known that, but for whatever reason, I didn't. I wasn't. You like, didn't know any better. Yeah, I didn't have that mindset going into it. And so my first practices, I'm like, you know, someone's got to tell tell this girl she's fouling me all the time but little did i know like that's just how they played exactly it's crazy how it all is different at each level of the game yeah. so anyways why so why did you decide to leave the game of basketball at a at the overseas level i got hurt i ended up getting hurt and just didn't wasn't in the i don't know i didn't have the mindset to like do a whole rehab thing and kind of get back into it and so i just decided and you know being being home was nice for me you know being gone for months at a time and then coming home it was nice and so i think at that point i was like oh, i think it's just time what you exactly hurt what did i hurt yeah i like pulled muscle away from my bone in my like groin area yeah non-contact was it during the game did you get screen hard um, I it was during a game and I went up for a layup and kind of got like undercut, like somebody hit like the inside of my leg or whatever. And just like, I guess, I don't know, wrong place. But that had to hurt. And yeah. one more question about overseas before we move on. I'm sorry. This, no, you're the good. overseas thing interests me because I just always want to know what goes behind the scenes, you know, uh, of what happens overseas. But anyways, um, was, how was the pay? Was it decent at least? Yeah. I mean, you made a living for sure. Um, I, I made more playing than I did as a teacher, That's you know, crazy. as a first year teacher, yeah. for sure. Um, I, it's tax free money. So, you know, you're not getting a bunch of taxes taken out of it and stuff. And it just depends like, you know, how the WNBA works is they play in the summertime and then they, they go play overseas. A lot of the players go play overseas, like during the main basketball season. And so a lot of those elite level players, you know, they play on some big, big club teams that pay a lot more. I mean, they pay, you know, like triple what they make in the WNBA or even more. And so I wasn't at that level by any means, but I, you know, I was totally fine and, and happy with what I was given, you know, just to play basketball and everything else. Like I said, everything else was given like, you know, housing, car, meals and stuff. So it's basically like, you're just getting paid to like in college, but you know, getting paid, but without doing no homework. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I bet that had been nice. So it's just, I didn't know. I, the reason why I asked, cause I didn't know if like, you know, maybe the pay was small to where you had to get like a second job on the side or do a side hustle. No, no side hustles. No, we were good. So, um, let's fast forward. So, you know, you go back home, you know, you're done playing the game, right? Um, uh, tell me when do you start really coaching basketball? Right away. I, uh, started, I, I came back and I was, I came back to Evansville for a little while and that's when I started my coaching career. I was a grad assistant there. And so I did that a couple, well, not even really a full year. And then my coach that coached me in college was at went to the University of Toledo when I graduated at Evansville. Anyway, she had a position open, and so then I went to Toledo, and I coached for her uh, for, you know, five, six years. Like as an assistant? As an assistant, yeah. I think I was the director of operations maybe the first year or so, and then as an assistant coach, yeah. What do you mean, like, as a director of operations? What do they do compared to as, a, as an assistant coach? Well, technically, they can't do anything, like, on the court. So, like, on-court instruction and stuff, you can't do that, but – you meet with players, you do a lot of like the travel, the booking and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, you can do any like film breakdown. Um, I mean, you know, they do a lot more things, you know, community wise, fundraising wise, kind of like behind the community scenes service. Oh yeah. A lot of stuff to that kind of makes the whole thing run. Mm-hmm. And then what do you like about, you know, kind of coaching at the college level compared to, you know, coaching at the high school level level where you eventually went back to Valley to coach? Uh, I miss the competitiveness of the college level. Just, you know, that's what they're there for. And that's what they want to do. And, you know, at the high school level, you have kids that they may be volleyball kids or they may, you know, just be out there for fun socially or whatever, which is totally fine. But at the collegiate level, especially the division one level, they're there to play basketball. Like one sport only. And that's it. One mindset only kind of seems like. and that's their life. Yeah. I mean, they they go to school, they play basketball, you know, whatever. They're college kids. I mean, just like what I went through. But, like, that's 
that's their vision that's their goal that's their drive and so that's what i definitely missed was just like it being that like that's it like that makes none of the other total stuff sense yeah and then we ever assigned by the head coach to like you know do room checks dorm checks or make sure they're going to class you know that type of stuff i always wanted to you know know that yeah <laughs> um i was never assigned to do that there was one we had one player and that i don't want to say it's the difference between guys and girls okay. but the men's side always had to do that always had to do room checks because i would talk to you know their assistants and stuff and they always had to have a curfew and they always had to make sure kids were in classes and all that kind of stuff and we didn't really have to do that i mean we had kids that showed up and we never had complaints about you know on the road um in the hotels or anything like that so we never really were forced to do that so i wasn't but i think it happens that's yeah yeah i do think it happens for i know it happens you know some cases i, I mean it happens at you know the football level because i watch you know a lot of chance you on netflix and it goes behind the scenes ways like to play juco and they do that but anyways um what other coaching gigs do you you know uh coach besides like you know the evansville the toledo pretty much the gap between those two and valley i was at plymouth for two years so I was a varsity assistant at Plymouth for two years, and then I came to Valley, and I was a JV coach there for a couple of years. And then I had my daughter Peyton, and since then I've kind of – well, I've coached for a little while when I had her, but then I um, just stayed home and have just done that since then. Mm-hmm. And then the, the reason uh, – I know we're kind of going – Fast forward, but is that the reason why you like coaching was just like, you know, family, just, you know, spend time more with your family? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it was just hard to get away and um, kind of do both. And I wanted to be there, especially for their younger years like this. Right. And so um, I'll eventually get back into it. You know, they're getting a little bit older and more self-sufficient a little bit to the point where, you know, I think it's it's probably going to be next couple years mm-hmm. able to like, get back uh, to it coaching them or going back to like coaching high school trying to get into the high school realm of it probably yeah and then i i didn't i remember seeing you all the time you know coaching for valley because you know during your time coaching there that's when emma um would play yeah and as you know we're like really good friends Mm -hmm. so um first of all like you know how was it you know coaching her and and seeing her develop and because like you know after high school she played one um year at ec which is earlham college yeah um well i loved emma i i still do love emma we just saw her the other day she brought us some cookies so cookies shout out shout out to her (laughs) cookies that's right that's awesome um and so uh coaching her was great because i was able to do some training stuff with her and jillian walls for you know kind of years leading up to their high school years and so i knew their game very well i knew their skill set and uh, Emma just continued to grow and her athletic ability, you know, really on top of just kind of honing in well, she some, of the, big time. some of the yeah. fundamentals and stuff. Um, yeah, she she was just kind of an untapped source there for a little bit. And it was fun to see her kind of get it and then excel. Mm-hmm. And then um, so in general, right, when you went to Coach for Valley, how was it kind of coaching for your alma mater? Oh, it's good. Uh, It was good. I enjoyed it. I I like to be around, you know, the Valley people. I like to be around that community and all of my family, you know, are there. We talked about Cam Cam and Nate, Nolan, you know, all of them, Lydia, Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. List goes on and on. Gavin. Yeah. Danielle, they all, they all were there. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, that means my brothers and sisters are there and my mom's there and, you know, it's, it's fun to be in that where, you know, everybody. Um, I enjoy that and uh, so I I liked it and hopefully you know at some point I get a chance to go back and help out or whatever um, the case may be and just kind of get back into the coaching stuff I've done like personal training individual training um, on the side for a while and I really like to do that too it's kind of the best of both worlds you know you don't have the time commitment of of a full season right. and, and practices and all that, but you still get to see kids develop and kind of put your knowledge uh, to the test and try to get uh, the most out of kids. Is like the private lessons kind of more flexible schedule? Definitely. Yeah. It, it just seems like it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of, you know, up to the kids and what works for them on their schedules in the off season. And, um, you know, obviously what works for us too. And I, yeah, just the hardest part is always like gym space. Right. You just don't know where you can just, get into. Yeah, you got you know network to yeah. get what you want. Like we talked about many times throughout the, this episode. Oh yeah. Um. So what's like you know maybe like an all time favorite favorite memory or achieve like you know biggest achievement as in your coaching career? 
Uh, in my coaching career, I had, uh, when I was at Toledo, we had um, like a 29-win season, which was great. Um, That's awesome. And we had we had a kid. Her name was Nama Shafir. She was an Orthodox Jewish player. And I don't know if you know much about that religion, and I didn't know much about it at all, but there are specific things that they can and cannot do, can and cannot eat. Um, and so she, you know, it it was, she was well worth it. I mean, she was a very humble kid, whatever. Uh, and she just, she really was a fun kid to be around. And to be able to do those things for her and see her excel, like they, you know, the WNIT championship was won by Toledo in 2011. And I think she had 40 against USC in the final game. You, like the uh, Trojans? Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So like seeing those kind of things, seeing a kid like that, that, had so many like kind of hurdles to to jump through and hoops to jump through and um just obstacles basically because of her religious beliefs um it was it was cool to see her do what she did to witness it and to see uh her overcome the odds per se right yeah for sure um so that kind of thing um you know emma's a good example of like you know some of my favorite times just seeing a kid um, individually, like work with them, um, on a personal, like training level and then seeing them in a, in a team aspect and kind of coaching her that way and seeing how, how well she continued to succeed, um, and how much better she got over and over and over again or over the years. Um, those are, I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, when you cut, when it comes to coaching, obviously you want to win and I want to win probably more than anybody. Like I, you know, it always is about wins, but at the end of the day, when you can see a kid's light bulb go, you know, turn on when they're like, you know, you're trying to tell them this, tell them this, tell them this, teach them that, you know, try to get it out of them so many different ways. And then they finally get it. And it's just, it's cool to see. It's cool to experience. Yeah. It's good to be a part of. It must be a good feeling, right? Yeah. And there's just a couple more questions before we wrap up. So um, I just want to talk about like, Rebecca, what do you do for a living? Uh, I stay at home with my girls. So I'm a stay at home mom right now, which is by far the toughest job I've had really oh yeah they uh keep me on my toes mm-hmm. and what is uh your significant other to see does for a living she were is she works in the credit card processing industry mm-hmm. so yeah and she liking that yeah she does really well nice she's always done that since college mm-hmm. and i know you said you know being a stay-at-home is tough but there's must be so many benefits as well oh yeah, yeah for sure i mean i say it's the hardest job just because i've had different you know jobs and playing and stuff mm-hmm. and um it's just a challenge you know it's I have a four a two and a one-year-old and so they're they're little and they're close in age and they're all girls and um it's just no day is the same you know there's no root like as much of a routine as you want to be but it things change things happen but hey it's all about like you know appreciating the little things that's right yeah so and then um what are some things you look forward to this summer Oh, this summer, uh, for us as a family, you know, we, we have a boat here on Chapman Lake. And so we love to be outside and, um, kind of have that, that boat time or that lake time. Um, I enjoy in the summertime, we just like to be outdoors as much as possible and, you know, spending time with family and, and that kind of stuff. There's no, like, we don't have any trips planned yet, I don't think, but we might get away camping or something for a weekend and do that kind of stuff. Like in Brown County or or around here? Yeah, I'm not for sure. I know Chain of Lakes up there kind of by Columbia City um, is somewhere that Tessia has gone before, and so she really likes to camp, so I think she wants to try to get out a couple times this this summer. And the kids like camping as well? We've never taken them. Jeez, this will be a first-time experience, so to be determined on whether or not we like it or not. Exactly. Hey, it's all about trying new things, That's right. (laughs) So, um, Rebecca, is there anything you want to, like, say or ask? Um, no, I don't think so. I feel like I've, like, spilled my whole... My whole time here, um, I mean, all all of my info. Uh, I haven't been asked that many questions in a long time, Cheese, so I I think I'm all good. Well, well Rebecca, is like, you know, really nice to, you know, learn more about your story. You know, yeah. I feel like, you know, after this podcast, when we, you know, interact, when we see each other at a, a place, you know, it won't be, I want to say awkward. It's just going to be like, you know, we've known each other for a long yeah, time. Yeah, we know based each on, other. Based, based on this hour conversation. So with that being said, uh, Rebecca, it's time for the cheesy question of the day. Can't wait.
So Rebecca, today's cheesy question of the day is, what's your worst fear? Oh, my worst fear. Great question. I hate snakes. Okay. I mean, I I hate them. If you want to see me scream and run, you get a snake around me. I hate snakes. So I don't know if that's like <laughs> what you're asking. No, like, no, no. What's the I thing I'm most it. afraid of? But I hate snakes. Hey, I hate rats. So it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. And the thing is, we're giving the people, you know, ideas, you know? Yeah, I know. That's right. So we get to watch our backs. Yes, that's right. I probably shouldn't have said it. Now that you say that, it's not snakes. It's really not. Darren, we're, no. no, we keep this on. <laughs> I'm with. I'm there with you, Rebecca. So, Rebecca, um, thank you for doing this. This means a lot. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm glad that um, we made time to do it and that it worked out. I appreciate you asking me. Exactly. So, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, you can please leave a review and rating, and you can share the podcast. I would greatly appreciate that. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook. See ya. Hey.